Hello, everybody, and welcome to another thrilling episode of Real Commentary. I am Ryan, and you are listening to Real Nerds. And today, I am all by myself because everybody else is busy. My wife is working, Brad's doing other projects, James is seeing Captain America for a second time. So I thought I would treat everybody who wants to listen to me to an one of my favorite movies while I talk about it, and hopefully you have fun listening to me talk about it, and that is Freddy vs. Jason. Um, it features my favorite horror movie character, and that is Jason Voorhees. So I am watching the Blu-ray, so go ahead and fire up your Blu-ray as the New Line Cinema logo is now appearing on screen with a mixture of both Friday the 13th and A Nightmare on Elm Street music. I was, I was always a huge fan of Jason. I never really got too much into Freddy. I think it's because I got into him after he was initially popular and where he became really goofy. But I do really like this opening sequence where Freddy is explaining where he came from and how it's shot is really cool. Ronnie Yu, of course, is a director. He is very stylistic. Robert England as Freddy Krueger, of course, is one of the most iconic villains of all time. So they kind of set you up where Freddy's come from. Hopefully you know where he's come from if you're watching this movie. But this is really eerie, and he does a great job of being creepy in this scene. And, yeah, just something about Robert England able to be creepy is awesome. I mean, that's why his Freddy is so memorable and why he's so popular. Uh, he's also pop more popular than Jason, but to me, I like Jason more. And, of course, this is the exposition. If you don't know where Freddy's coming from, he was a child molester slash murderer, and he got off on a technicality because the police didn't use a warrant. Ooh, there's a close-up of Freddy's eyes. The demon version of Freddy. The contacts are pretty sweet there. He always had really iconic makeup, and makeup really defined him, along with the sweater and the fedora. That's from part two. There's Johnny Depp dying. I decided also to do this commentary because I recently wrote a blog about my favorite villains. And also, Freddy is making an appearance in my favorite video game series, which is Mortal Kombat. I promise I'm a normal person. I just, uh, for some reason, am drawn to violent things. I like horror movies and Mortal Kombat. So it's kind of cool that Freddy's in Mortal Kombat. He fits it by how crazy he is. So the premise of this movie is people don't remember who Freddy is, and because they don't remember who Freddy is, he can't invade dreams so no one's scared of him, and he can't get his powers. So what he does is he recruits my favorite villain, and that's Jason Voorhees. And, of course, what's awesome in Jason movies is we're going to start off right away with some nudity. And who doesn't love nudity? Yeah, yeah. Anyways, this movie took a long time to get developed. Originally, they were talking about making a Freddy vs. Jason movie just before Friday the 13th Part 8. And of course, at that time, Jason and Freddy were in competing studios. 
and each studio wanted what the other one wanted. They wanted rights over the character. They wanted the tie-ins for it to make money. And it just eventually never materialized. I was reading, I guess this actress here who is completely naked is a Canadian stunt woman who does nudity and stunts a lot in movies, but I've never seen her before this movie, but she is pretty. And she has a banging body. And there's the first shot of Jason in the movie, kind of. You saw his mask earlier. So, right after Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason takes, Mon takes Manhattan, the studio was really disappointed, Paramount was disappointed with the returns of Friday the 13th. They progressively got worse after the final chapter. Uh, of course, the final chapter was supposed to be the final chapter, but it was Part 4. And here we are, this is the 11th Friday the 13th, or I guess the 11th picture which Jason appears and but anyways they got really disappointed with the returns because it was always a movie that would make money and they would shoot it for two million dollars is guaranteed a 50 million dollar box office oh there's Jason and oh, that chick's dead Um, you know, this is one of the biggest problems I have with this movie, is they they believe that Jason kills people to be punished, and he actually just kills people because... I mentioned this in my blog, but if you don't believe me, watch part two where he kills a dude in a wheelchair. He does not care who you are or what you do, he just murders you. I like this, it's uh, Jason's kind of dream or he's in a a lying state I guess but getting back to where this movie was stuck in developmental hell um, you know I, I do think it, it is really hard to bring these two characters together in so much that I mean Jason even though he's now a walking corpse and almost invincible, he's grounded in the real world. And Freddy uses his powers in the dream world where, I mean, how would you successfully blend those two together? But Mark Swift and... Damn it, I forget the writers of this movie. Now I'm going to look like an idiot. Mark Swift and Damon something wrote this movie, and they actually did a pretty good job of incorporating the two franchises. What I liked is they didn't downplay each character's mythologies to make them fit into a, a goofy movie. They actually played them both up. They didn't want to ignore what came before. They wanted to...
they wanted to make sure that each character's fans would be represented. Kelly Rowland of Destiny Child, she's okay in the movie. Monica Keener, I forget she's on some teen show before this. This is Kelly Rowland's first movie. I don't know if she's done one since for obvious reasons. That girl, she is in Ginger Snaps, which is an awesome horror movie about werewolves. I recommend everybody checking it out. There's actually two sequels that are pretty good, too, called Ginger Snaps. Her name's Kia, too, after a crappy Korean car. Maybe that's a wink, because I think Ronnie Yu is Korean, so. And there's Jason. Trey is the biggest douchebag in the movie, and he's funny. So, back to my original point. After Friday 13th Part 8, Paramount didn't want to make Friday the 13th movies anymore. New Line Cinema is one of the few studios that actually embraces the horror movie. Uh, it also got the kind of bestowed upon it the moniker the house that Freddy built because when Nightmare on Elm Street came out in 1984 New Line really wasn't a big studio but after it it became the place to go for horror movies because Freddy's Nightmare on Elm Street became such a huge hit for everybody involved so now New Line of course went on to do things like Lord of the Rings and artsy stuff as well but they also didn't forget their horror roots and when the character of Jason not the name Friday the 13th but the character of Jason became available, New Line jumped at the opportunity to get him in their stable because then they could make a movie of Freddy vs. Jason without anybody getting in the way. They would be under the same studio, everybody would make money, everybody would be happy. But of course what happened is, is they couldn't find a script that worked. I've read many of the scripts, and some of them are stupid. Some have Jason talking. They have a Law and Order kind of script that was floating around. And they also put one of the reoccurring themes in it were these things called, this cult called the Fredheads. And they resurrected both Jason and Freddy by throwing Jason's heart in the lake or something like that. It was ridiculous. Obviously, they didn't work. And what what the two writers of this movie did is they came they came in and they pitched their idea of just like I said earlier, you know, don't ignore the mythologies, make sure they're both well represented, and it'll make the people happy. And not only to make people happy, it is still the highest grossing movie for either franchise. I still don't buy that these kids are in high school. Oh my god, 
And there's a backstory to that that we'll get to later of her mother dying. Uh-oh. Let's see what we got here. Beer. Check. Roofies are in my pocket. I will take this girl up soon, and I will have my way with her. Back door's open. We saw Jason earlier, so that can't be good news. I do like Ronnie Yu's direction. He's really stylistic, and I think it uh, really adds some flavor to the movie. I like camera shots like that where they're slowly revealing, and it's obviously a POV. And, of course, gratuitous nudity is a must in Friday the 13th movies. But, ironically, my favorite Friday the 13th movie actually doesn't have any nudity in it, and that is part six. So if you're looking for a cool Friday the 13th movie to pick up, and my favorite, it's part six, Jason Lives. And, of course, someone's going to jump in the shower immediately and leave this guy in the room. There's a lot of cliches in this movie, but, you know, I liked it. I love seeing Freddy and Jason finally square off. Some more nudity. I don't think that was the actress, though. That looked like a wig she was wearing. And this is a memorable death scene coming up, uh, showcasing the power of Jason. sandwich sometimes I watch movies like this and I don't know why Jason didn't kill anybody else and gross period I'm just kidding that's gross Ryan Of course, Lori lives in the house where Nancy lived in, in the first Nightmare on Elm Street, 1428 Elm Street. And the actor coming up, I'm sorry, I can only think of him as Cliff O'Malley in Dead Man on Campus. For some reason, I can never take him seriously. Hey, I just said that. It's an interesting premise where the whole town uses forgets Freddy and they use a big cover up and they they always have excuses. The guy just doesn't strike me as a cop. He's really funny and I like him as an actor, but I don't know. And his name's Stubbs. I guess that's a wink to Chips? I don't know. And he has frosted tips. What's that about? Come on, Cliff O'Malley. Father's on his way. Do they know 
Lori, I, I just moved here about a month ago. But if they have a suspect, I'd be the first to know. But they ask me all these really weird questions, like about my dream. So yeah, the chief of police is a dick, but you can understand why he wants to be one. I mean, you don't want people to remember Freddy if that gives him power and he's able to kill people. I mean, I guess that's an effective way to do it. A cool transition into dream scenes happens in this movie too, where everything gets really quiet and totally changes. And I love the little subtleties that happen in each of these shots. I mean, the wind right there. There's a couple little things that are hard to pick up unless you've seen the movie a bunch like I have. And if you look closely at the missing children's pictures, not only will they all look at her, but one of the girls on there is actually the girl from the beginning of the movie. And of course, any dream in A Nightmare on Elm Street is going to have a long hallway. And there's the girl again. Remember we saw her earlier in the movie, where Freddy hurt her. And Freddy's a bad guy. You know, they also tried to make a movie where one of the guys were a hero. And I'm sorry, both these men are terrible people. They murder people. They shouldn't have no redeeming qualities at all. And I'm glad that they decided to go this that way in this movie. And... If you want to be creepy, you send children in to deliver lines like that and look creepy. For some reason, children are creepy when they tell you exposition in movies. I don't think Monica Keener has real boobs. If she does, they're pretty fantastic. There's a sweet transition. I like the blood coming down. And a Nightmare on Elm Street movie won't be the same without the kids playing jump rope and saying the nursery rhyme. Because in a way, he's a boogeyman. He's kind of a fairy tale who kills children in their sleep. But it has a lot of elements of a fairy tale. And the obligatory jump scare, which... I've seen this enough times, it doesn't scare me anymore. Wow, that was really unnatural walking by that dad there. We're grounded! His dad's such a weenie. I'm not sure where he fell asleep here. I don't know if he was always asleep even when his father came out, but he is in the dream world now. Is it T-Rex over there? That'd be awesome. 
That's a Jurassic Park shout out. If you know you didn't get that, which I hope you did. The goat is actually in the first Nightmare on Elm Street too, so that's kind of a wink. Barbie England has a definite uh, way he stands to give off the iconic Freddy pose. And Freddy is kind of your narrator in here. He breaks the fourth walls to help you understand what's happening in the movie. See, I want to know how to decapitate somebody so when you hit them, their head pops off like that. I think that'd be a pretty impressive thing. I don't know this actor's name, but I actually think he's pretty good in this movie. He plays crazy very well. Jason Ritter is John Ritter's son, who I believe he passed away during the filming of this movie. Not the actor, the actor's dad, John Ritter. Uh, KRGR is a call name for the station, Kruger. Sometimes he's pretty good in this show, and other times he's terrible. I love this scene. I think that's why I like him as an actor because it's the little things. Not I'm not talking about Jason Ritter, but I'm talking about the other guy who's now talking to the dude playing checkers. I think he I, I buy into the fact that he's mentally unstable, but he's also experienced something traumatic, so maybe he's not as crazy as everybody else thinks he is. Also, the dude who plays his older brother in this is in uh, Resident Evil, and I see him in little bit parts all the time. So sometimes Friday 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street movies can launch you. I mean, Kevin Bacon and Johnny Depp have had pretty good careers, and they appeared in the first of each respectable, respected uh, franchise. And, of course, Jason Ritter went on to do... Uh, <laughs> I forgot they had a fart sound effect there. But Jason Ritter went on to do a show on NBC called The Event that was canceled after one or two seasons, was it? I think it was two seasons. So, I mean, he probably has a promising career. Yeah. 
man, I know it's so easy to bust out of a mental institution. I've been to one, and they, not me personally, I went to visit one some in one, and the door, every single door is locked on the way out. So I don't think it's that easy to get out, and I think you have to be probably buzzed out. Dude, that's sick. Why would you slip a roofie to your own daughter? I guess the only thing I, I, I'm not a fan of that Ronnie Yu does uh, a few times in this movie is is the weird slow motion shots like that. But I, that was a sweet morph from the father to the Freddy. That was a cool uh, special effect shot. Not really bad guys, but they come off as bad guys because they're trying to keep the secret. But like most anything, the more you bottle it up, the worse it gets as time goes on. Oh my god, that's her! That's a girl with a gas demon in the house! Oh my god! I don't like that joke. Being from Colorado, um, and I mean, I'm not sensitive to things, but I mean, it doesn't really f fit. They say Columbine, where in Columbine they went into school and shot a bunch of people. That really doesn't have anything to do with everything else that happens in this movie. One, they didn't stab people to death, and two, they attacked their school. So that's a terrible line and unnecessary. And that Linderman dude, I swear, is in other movies. I can't remember which ones, but if I could. I would tell you. But he's in quite a bit things too. Guys, is Kelly Rowland dead yet in this movie? Ugh. I swear, every day it's the same thing, except when those fucking purple donkey keeps humping your leg. Just trying to be a nice guy. Bitch. Of course, that's Jason Mewes right there. I mean, not Jason Mewes, a guy who's acting like Jason Mewes, dressing like Jason Mewes, and is a stoner in the movie. So, yeah. Wow, I really buy that she's terrified. And of course, that's a natural question to ask and 
you ask what he looks like and stuff. I think this is a really clumsy line too. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. And he says that, and he says, and that's when he comes for you. I think that's really clumsily written. Where'd they get clothes? I guess they robbed somebody. Or went to Kmart and robbed them. That's Robert Shea. He is, of course, in charge of New Line Cinema. And he kind of makes an appearance in almost every Nightmare on Elm Street movie. She has attitude. She's the attitude friend. That's a cool shot. Not just because of the boobs. I like the reveal of Freddy there. It lets you know that you're in the dream world. <laughs> I love that sign. Sorry the nurse can't help you. Like I said, I always like the little things that happen in when you know you're in the dream world. And it's, uh... Nah, if that's only the end of Kelly Rowland's Kia... Cops randomly walking down a hallway and yelling out their names before they get there. If I was a police officer, I would just sneak up on them and handcuff them. Because that makes the most sense to me. Card catalogs and microfiche. You do not see that anymore. Well, they probably won't mention it for the next few days. But I'm sure there's a good reason. I mean, remember in group when they told us not to jump to conclusions? Listen to yourself. You're holding on to that psychobabble bullshit like it's some kind of security blanket, man. Let it go. They've covered him up, Will. They never told us about Freddy because that's how they decided to beat him. They treated him like he was a fucking disease. He's the uh, guy who explains everything in the movie. 
an unusual shot where you stayed on Will there. Sweet Van. This movie clips along. I mean, they have so much they have to explain to get to what we really care about, and that is Freddy and Jason going to town on each other. And that's what I care about. The rest of these people are just here to be killed. And here's where they explain the drug that they give everybody. So they. That suppresses dreams. Oh, wait, maybe that's later. Sorry, I just ruined this. If you're listening to my commentary, I've never seen this movie, then I just ruined a big plot point for you. Where's his parents? Don't you think his parents would notice that the van was gone? Again, with Ronnie Yu's weird slow motion shots that I think are really unnecessary. But being at a rave is really cool. Look at all those cool guys in the middle of a cornfield. See, why can't you just do a shot like that? There's no need for slow motion. Is his name Shaq? I don't think I've ever caught that character's name before. This scene's really cool, though. I really like this scene. This is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. The nerd gets his here. Oh, burn! Fucker. Will. Oh man. Well, I guess 
everybody out there who doesn't have a girlfriend, if you call some chick stupid and wear too much makeup, eventually she's going to come around and want to dance with you. So, hey, chin up. Really? I just explained it to you. The one movie that really set this up was the first movie that New Line produced with Jason in it, which was Jason Goes to Hell, which is not a very good movie, but the ending got everybody excited. At the end of Jason Goes to Hell, Jason is sucked into hell by demons. It's really convoluted. I, I could explain the whole story to you but that'd take me to the end of this commentary but anyways he is um sucked down to hell and at the end of the movie freddy's glove pops up and pulls his mask down thus setting this up which this movie was actually supposed to be the one that followed jason goes to hell but at that time wes craven got an itch to do another freddy movie and he made, which I think is actually the one of the best. I think the first one's the best, Nightmare on Elm Street. And his A New Nightmare is really awesome. And so Wes Craven went ahead and made that movie. And Sean Cunningham, who owns rights to Jason, didn't want to sit on the Jason character. So he decided to make Jason X, Jason in Space. Which is a lot better than it sounds, I promise. There's some parts that are kind of um, cheesy in it, but... There's parts in it that are actually really effective, and that movie actually sat on the shelf for two years before it was released, and it was released, and it didn't do that well at the box office, but at the time, they had a huge breakthrough with the script for this movie, and they decided to go ahead and go through with producing it, and they did. Of course, the biggest letdown for this movie for all us fans is we wanted to see Kane Hodder who played Jason in the previous four movies play him in this movie. And he was actually recast by Ronnie Yu and it created a huge controversy in the horror circles because we always waited for the Robert England Kane Hodder showdown in Freddy versus Jason. And unfortunately we're never given it. Ken Kurzinger is Jason in this movie and he does a good job under Ronnie Yu's direction. He made Jason a little more slow moving until he was about to kill and when he killed was when he became unleashed. I love the color in this scene, though, too. I love the red. It lets you know that you're in a boiler room, lets you know that you're in a dream world, and the red is used really effectively. There's some shots in this movie that are really, really cool, and uh, I really love this scene. Again, Freddy just toying with his victims. That's one of his big things is he toys with his victims. He taunts them. Jason is just a shark. He just goes and kills you. He doesn't taunt. He just does it. Oh, I love that shot. I love how he slowly grabs the the handle there. That's really cool. I, I, love, I love Robert England's portrayal of this character. He's Obviously, he's played him for over... 
20 years, I think 20 years almost exactly between the first one and this movie. And he's definitely has it down. And whoops. You think she's blonde with that kind of mistake. <laughs> and again, Robert England just knocks it out of the park. And this one, he's given less campy lines. I think Freddy's dead in part six. He was, it was just terrible. They had terrible set pieces with him. What I think was, happens in those movies is they create the dream sequence and then they fill in the script around it. And it was just terrible. They had him be the wicked witch from the West. And I mean, just unnecessary. He's way more effective when he's just crazed killer. And obviously she is not that smart because she just fell on top of these lockers and she decided to hide in them where of course, Freddie's going to find you. I'm being quiet, so it builds suspense for you, too. Yeah, it's a cool shot. <laughs> I remember when I saw this in the theater, that's got a, a funny laugh, or a nervous laugh, because people realized what happened, and it's this, and that's just wicked. And what sets Freddy off is Jason killed this girl before he was able to. And that pisses him off, which sets up a huge rivalry between the two. That's kind of uh, awesome that that's what really sets Freddy off. This is my favorite Jason moments in any Friday the 13th. Not him standing there, but when he attacks. <laughs> oh, hey. Ken Kersinger, who plays Jason, actually wasn't Jason for this scene, and he said this is the one scene that he wished he was able to play Jason, because since this movie's so big, they usually have one or two people who play Jason, and when it's not necessary to use Principal, who uh, Ken was, then they'll use a stunt double. But he really wanted to do this stunt, and it's really cool. I like the end result coming up. Not that someone dies, but I think it's a cool shot. If that was in 3D nowadays, that'd be awesome. And I'm going to try to count. See, so he's already killed two people here. I'm going to see if I can count how many. Because I never could before. Three. Four. <laughs> Five. So that's five. I guess I could count. 
So far, it's five. I think he butchers some more people coming up. Oh, six. Seven. Eight. <laughs> so eight people in the span of like 30 seconds. I don't know if I could go home and be cool after I eight people were butchered, possibly more. I still think you tell the police if your best friend is murdered, or one of your best friends. I don't know, maybe that's just the citizen in me that thinks you should do that. But I guess if they didn't believe you, I don't know who you could go to and be excited about it. The Jason Ritter always seems to have some sort of smirk on his face. I don't know if that's just the way he looks or he's just not a good actor. I don't know. Again, visually, I have said this a lot, but I like how Ronnie Yu shoots this movie. He has some cool shots in it. Even the shot right there where it was started on the headlight and it slowly moved up to the characters I really enjoyed. Like here, I don't get why he's laughing about talking about. He says, I saw your dad killing your mom. And then he goes, <laughs> to me, that's, I don't know if that's just a character. And he did it again, just there, a character tick that he decided that he would do. Can somebody who's not related to you or a police officer commit you to a insane asylum? I mean, I guess her dad's a doctor. I mean, I don't know how that works, but I guess you can. I don't know. Um, doctors, please email me at my new email address, realnerds at gmail.com. Oh, he works there. I Maybe he can do it if he works there. I don't know. I guess sometimes I miss, even though I've seen this movie many times, I guess I still miss some lines. The movie does a good job, too, of setting up that maybe her dad is a villain in this. You know, he's creepy and he has secrets, obviously, to hide. Like a lot of people in the Nightmare on Elm Street series, they usually have something hidden in their closets. God, what are you on your rag? You're so emotional. Open the door. Open the door. Go away. 
running just as fast as you can. You can see his concern there, you know. I mean, I guess I would be too. We think he would just move out of town, though. I don't know if I would stay in Springwood if everybody there knows a Freddy Krueger and if one slip of him will make you remember. Sometimes being overprotective can backfire on you, and I think that's what happened with the parents in Springwood. They're so overprotected that... I still don't get... Is he at his parents' house? Is he at his brother's house? If he's at his brother's house, his brother died a long time ago. Wouldn't they notice that he's there and his parents won't turn him into the police, even though he escaped from a mental institution? No matter what I say, I do like this movie. I just there's some logic points in the plot that don't make any sense. And obviously he's dreaming because this is really stylistic. This doesn't happen in the real world. In reading about this movie, there's an interesting fact in Canada that I will share with you when there's a cut in this end. But evidently he threw up eels on the ground. But in Canada, eels are protected, so you can't drop them on the ground and so they had to cut that scene out, which I thought was really bizarre. The rules you learn by watching movies that you can't do in certain instances. Here's another cool shot coming up. I like that. That's a cool shot right there. The pill going down the drain. I was reading an interview with Robert England, and he said the hardest part in this movie was to match his voice to that actor's mouth moving. See, there's the eels, and if you look at his mouth, his... Uh, in a coming shot, it has blood around it because he threw up the eels. I guess his parents are on vacation. Maybe went to their house in the Hamptons. See right there, there's blood on his mouth from when he threw up the eels. Again, there's a slow motion that's unnecessary. Oh, 
Ah, that's cool. <laughs> you know what's crazy? I believe that's the only person in the movie that Freddy kills. I think Jason kills every other single person in this movie. Uh, that's police outside. They're not uh, really tracking Jason or anything. I guess he is making a political message, too, because if you look, he has a picture of George W. Bush behind him. And, of course, you know, George W. Bush is a well-regarded president for being crappy. There he is. George W. Bush has got his back. And I guess I won't do Dead Man on Campus too. Fuck, dude, leave me alone. The town is eerily dead. Yeah, I don't know who I'd be more afraid of, Freddy or Jason. I mean, they both have things I definitely wouldn't want to deal with. And here's the obligatory Jason backstory in case you didn't uh, didn't know it either. But I'm pretty sure everybody at this point, if you're seeing this, then you've probably know about it. So Lori's drifting off to sleep here, but that's a great shot of her boobs. I always thought this was kind of a goofy thing for her to say, but then I realized that she's asleep, and that's Freddie's manipulating everything she's hearing right now and what she's saying. So that's why it seemed a little too convenient, but it, it makes sense now. Oh, come on. Look, we all know who's the real version. 
If you hear my cat, it's because she's terrified of what's going to happen next in this movie. Great shot of her boobs again. I guess if I was making a movie, I would have a... Oh, that's just not right. Man, Lori's tough. Be able just to rip an ear off somebody? I don't think I've ever been able to do that. I've never tried, but I imagine it's not that easy. Maybe it's easy to rip it off Freddy because he's like a raisin. I don't know. Oh, remember when I said the stuff about hypnosilla doesn't make you dream? Uh, this is where they actually explain it now. So, yeah, I've already said that. I didn't mean to spoil this part for the movie for you. I don't know if that's really possible. I'm, I'm guessing there could be a drug where you could suppress brain activity, but that might kill you. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I like boobs and violence. Look at the control room in a hospital. That's like Star Trek. It's like the Situation Room at the White House. Okay, if that was happening at a door that I was guarding, I would not go near it. That's sweet. Where Jason was punching the wall. Punched it so hard, it knocked the door and killed that guy. That's some strength from a dead guy. Wow, Will can read charts now, too. Man, he's just full of surprises. Maybe when he gets out of here, he should apply to Yale and get his doctorate in psychology or chart reading or something. You know why drugs are bad? Because instead of running for your life and trying to solve a problem, you decide to do drugs and... Kill everything. 
this is the Freddy Pillar, they called it. And it's a reference to, obviously, Alice in Wonderland. Because in Alice in Wonderland, the caterpillar in Alice in Wonderland smoked from a pipe. Yeah, stoners are so stupid. I guess you can get so stoned that you are asleep, kind of. Dude, you have something in your eye. Open sesame. Now I know how girls feel. <laughs> that was a blowjob joke. I am just so funny. <laughs> Freeberg has obviously been possessed by Freddy. That's the end of Cliff O'Malley. But Jason's obviously too tough to die from electrocution. He was brought back to life in part six by electrocution and part eight in a, by electrocution. In part six, he is brought back by electrocution because the director likened it to Frankenstein and how Frankenstein gave the monster life through electricity. So too did Jason after he died in part after part four. Remember, Jason wasn't in part five, and that's why it is not that well regarded as a Friday Thirteenth film. And Jason knows how to make an entrance. Um, I don't think he's getting up after that.
This is a really cool scene too. It's going into Jason's nightmares. Again, red, so you know that Freddy is controlling this dream. The lady who plays Pamela Voorhees is really good too. It's a bummer they didn't get Betsy Palmer to do it, but she did really well. Again, I don't understand the slow motion there. There it's fine, but that was sweet. <laughs> Again, Freddy toying with Jason. Jason realizing that maybe this isn't someone who I can kill very easily. Again, if they release this in 3D, it might work pretty well. <laughs> Pelvic thrust into a pinball machine. And boom goes the dynamite. That's a great moment there where Freddy realizes that maybe it's not that easy to get rid of Jason. And he probably made a mistake by resurrecting him to do his dirty work. Another cool shot here. The water turns everything green. Kind of interesting concept that in Jason's mind he's afraid of water because obviously his original death, he died from drowning. So I want to know how they were able to pick Jason up and put him in a van because he's not a little dude. And look at all these people around here. They're all wussy looking people. And I never knew that 
Crystal Lake and Springwood were so close in proximity to each other. So water is Jason to a little scared little boy, which is interesting. Because even in uh, the earlier movies, he does go into water without thought. But maybe in his subconscious, he's terrified of it. <laughs> and of course, Freddy is doing this so he can better understand Jason and maybe find a weakness in him where he could kill him. I love this coming up. I love Jason's mind. I love how eerie this looks. I love how desolate it looks. How gloomy. If you look in the background, you see heads and body parts that compro composite this island that his house is on. And the, the set and art design in this house is awesome. And there's Gib from earlier. I think. Except she's wearing different clothes. Maybe that's not her. Kind of look like her. So, it has to be Loria does this? Come on, Will. Step up to the plate, man. I guess it's she's doing it because Freddy wants to kill her. I love this recall back to Camp Crystal Lake. Of course, remember Jason died in the 50s, so that's why that car is there. I think it's 1957 is when he died, 58. And the reason Jason is at the camp is because his mom, Pam, was actually... Hey, there's a shout-out to Friday 13th Part 2. Was actually the cook here. So he would come here in the summer to play with the other children. Which obviously led to his demise. Again, that's a misinterpretation of what happened. His mother, when she killed the two counselors, they were fooling around, but they weren't fooling around when her son drowned. That's how she justified killing him. And that's a theme in the movies that's been ran away with that isn't entirely accurate all the time. Look at me, I sound like the biggest nerd ever. I'm a huge Friday 13th fan, so I do dissect these movies and I watch them very closely and... It's kind of a theme that people ran away with.
<laughs> this is fucked up. Freddy figured out that if he can make Jason drown, basically it'd kill him. I guess it's fucked up because it's a little boy. I mean, it's not fucked up adult Jason because, you know, he's a mass murderer and people like that don't need to be alive. But they need to be alive in movies to make them entertaining. I should tell him, I don't think mouth to mouth works with their f drowning with water around him. I, I mean, I guess I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but I mean, he's literally drowning right now. So I don't know how mouth to mouth will help him right now. I mean, I guess you're helping him breathe because I have no idea. I'm trying to make logic out of something that doesn't need to have logic. And this is really the only look you have under Jason's mask in this movie. In the last few movies, they really haven't shown what Jason's look like under the mask. Sean Cunningham thinks it's because he looks scarier when he keeps the mask on because... No, oh, I love that. I love his wake up. I can see my house from here! This is an awesome shot of Freddy, too. This one. I love this shot. And then when he comes down, his makeup is different because he's super pissed off. Right there. That's awesome. You can see through Lori's nightgown there and here's where you see what her father was doing that night that her mother died and I mean, I, of course we knew that her dad probably didn't kill her mother. And you'll find out that, naturally, uh, sorry, that was supposed to be the reveal at the same time, but it goes on for a few more beats. Here we go. That naturally it's not him killing her, it's Freddy Krueger is killing his, her mother. Oh, ouch. And now they got a bigger problem. They don't have Freddy, and Jason is coming after him. And like any self-respecting creep old, Freddy's not really killing her. He's slowly taking her clothes off. Oh, Will took one right almost in the kidneys. 
Oh. Some chicks will just never learn. I guess she just got tired of fighting. Because she's not really trying now. Yeah, America! And finally, the part we've been waiting for. <laughs> I love Freddy's reaction here. That he realizes he's in deep shit. And this fight is awesome. It's just balls to the wall. Don't, 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 don't. First time you've seen Jason run in like 10 years in his movies. And that's because he's ramming Freddy through windows. And of course, the nerd, like all nerds, is a really big hero at the end of the day. Protecting everybody. Aw, oh, poor Linderman, he didn't make it. But he held on long enough to tell Kia to get out of here. <laughs> Freddy has to choose who he wants to kill first. And he's going after Kia for some reason. I don't like that line either. That What kind of faggot? I don't know why. I think it's just unnecessary. I mean, you got these teeny, weeny little things, and they 
And again, Jason doesn't care who it is. Um, I've really enjoyed your time on this movie. Bye. And here we go. What we've been waiting for. Who knew Freddy was so quick? Jason just taking it. Freddy's limber. Look at him go. But can't <laughs> see. This is why he was in. He's in the new Mortal Kombat for moves like that. It'd be sweet if they got Jason in the new Mortal Kombat too. Eventually, people will learn that that stuff really doesn't hurt Jason. <laughs> That's my favorite line in the movie. Uh, this might slow him down. This is a back and forth fight between these two terror titans. Jason is definitely getting the worst of it right now, though. He, uh... Ouch. I appreciate how much blood they they spill in this movie, too. The, these two characters. See, I think it's better when Freddy's funny this way. I don't like it when he... In his other movies where he's just goofy for the sake of being goofy. And a really bad place to be is prone with Jason around because he will take advantage. Yeah, this fight's brutal. I love it. I love how Ronnie Yu just kept the camera on the actors and the monsters and just let them fight it's not cut 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 it's it's gruesome and it's the way it should be and this is where it gets totally wicked the fight on the dock Oh, 
<laughs> That's a great shot. Like Jason doesn't understand that he just got his fingers cut off. And yeah, Jason gets a shit kicked out of him now. <laughs> just chunks of blood going off of him. I love I love the camera just staying on him and the fight is so awesomely choreographed. Music's really appropriate in this scene too. Oh, yeah. Both these guys just going to town on each other. I wonder how much gallons of fake blood they use for this scene. I'm guessing. Hundreds of gallons. Huge explosion. <laughs> and the way they go. I like too, this movie has lots of uh, misleading endings and starts and stops, so that's really cool. That's an awesome fight. That's the one you wait for. I remember being really disappointed when the alien and predator first fought in Alien vs. Predator because the aliens just took them out so quickly and you're brought up to believe that the predators are awesome hunters. So when you see this one, you this is how the fight should be, you know, Super brutal, super drawn out. Each iconic character getting an upper hand at some point, and you don't—you're not sure who wins. And this, of course, is used to mislead people because this is not Jason. Wait for the reveal. I mean, I already said it's not Jason, so it can only be one other person. And it's Freddy Krueger. So he did not die, even though Jason got him pretty good. Oh, but he got him better there. And Jason kind of just goes away. It's a cool shot, too. need to make sure that Freddy's dead this time. So.
So yeah, I don't think Freddy's going to be getting up anytime soon. And in this scene, I never understood what Lori is doing here. Not now, I mean... I guess she thinks Jason died? Because... She's gonna do something that makes absolutely no sense, and that's basically give him his weapon back. Ah, here you go, Jason. Here's so you can kill more people again. Now, coming up on the ending, they shot a different ending where Laurie and Will are about to have sex, and then Will turns out to be possessed by Freddy. That doesn't make any sense. They had another one where they were fighting in hell with Pinhead as kind of the referee. That'd be kind of silly. I think this ending is really awesome, the one coming up. Because being a, a Jason fan, uh, when I saw this in the theater, everybody started cheering because they realized that, no, Jason is not dead. In fact, is he? not only is he not dead, he is carrying a trophy. And there's a the machete that Lori decided she's going to give back to Jason because... He needs it. And there's Freddy, who appears to be dead. So Jason won this fight, didn't he? Or did he? The thing with Freddy is, you can always remember Freddy Krueger, so he can always come back. And they're going to show the writers again. Unfortunately, Damon Shannon and Mark Swift. I can't believe I forgot Damon Shannon's last name. But yeah, so that is... Freddy vs. Jason, a movie that, as a Friday the 13th fan, I've waited a very long time to watch, and that it was finally realized, and that it was actually pretty good. I mean, there's some inconsistencies, as I pointed out, throughout the commentary as being a fan, but I thought they did a pretty good job. You know, they respected both franchises, they gave people what they wanted, and that was Freddy and Jason actually fighting. So... That makes me happy, and I always... Did I say Monica Kina? I hope I did. Maybe I didn't. So Monica Kina, she was the lead. She was... She's alright. She's cute. I mean, that's pretty much all I have to say about this.